Okay. Welcome everyone to the Journal of Journal of the Youth podcast. My name is Sakina and I am your host for today. And today with me I have Isidora Jorquera. If I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, it's Jorquera, but, but it's okay. Okay. Jorquera. <laughs> I'm with Isidora Jorquera and Isidora is a twenty one year old poet from Chile. And she struggles with anorexia and OCD. She's been a reader all her life, but found art as an outlet through poetry and writing when she was 14. In the lowest stage of her life, she, while she was struggling with her mental health issues and suicidal thoughts, she hit what she likes to call a creative peak and poured that out into her first ever book, which will be out in the near future. And I personally am excited to see it, Isadora. So welcome to the show. How are you doing? Well, thank you so much for having me. I think what you're doing is a really beautiful and very much needed project. So I'm very honored to be here. And well, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm back in my home country after seven months of being in Europe. So if it's, it feels strange, but it's nice in some way. Okay, that's wonderful. Okay, so would you like to talk about like who you are and what you do, like why you do what you do? Yeah, okay, I can give you like a little background. Um, well, like you said, I'm 21. Uh, I've always loved literature. I've always been a reader since I was a little kid, uh, like the stereotypical kid that spends the recess at school in the library. Yeah, that was me when I was, <laughs> when I was young. Um, and then uh, when I was a bit older in high school, uh, I started having these mental health problems with the eating disorder mainly. And it was a very long struggle. And it came to a point uh, really, really harsh uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, let's say the beginning of 2020. And then I was already writing now and then. I was studying literature at the university. I chose that as my career. So I was very involved in the, uh, in the subject. Uh, but while I was at home struggling, thinking a lot about suicide and a lot about self-harm, I just needed to let all of that out. And I... I found comfort in another author's and I thought, well, I might as well do it myself. And I started writing these short poems in prose, not with the purpose of making it a book and then uh, publishing it. It was just a need. But after like a year of writing uh, and checking uh, what I had written in my laptop. I have tons and tons of poems and I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like this could be a book. This goes well together. And looking back and uh, reading everything I, I used to feel and think helped me to put like an end to it, uh, really decide, okay, this has been enough. And I started uh, recovery. That is beautiful. That is wonderful. Um, why art? Like, 
Why did you choose art? You could have chosen any other outlet. Why did you pick art as a means of expressing yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if it's a conscious choice. It's it's just there. Like I I didn't see it one uh, didn't wake up one day and say, "Oh, I think I'm going to choose this." I think it chooses you. Yeah, like you naturally gravitate towards it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because I've, I've I did tons of therapy. Uh, I've been on medication, and of course it has helped. I couldn't have gone farther without it. But the the book thing, and not just me as an author, but also also me as a reader, made me feel less alone. So what do you think people like you, people who share their poetry with the world have, like what impact do you think they have in the society? I think it's a huge impact because if it wasn't for the authors that I read when I was at my lowest point, I don't think if I would have, that I would have made it. So maybe if I just can put a little bit of me out there so someone else can feel that they are not alone. I think I, I am eternally grateful if I help that, if I help someone in that way. So it's a huge, it's a huge impact you can make. That's wonderful. I, I really, really find that beautiful. <laughs> Have you ever gotten into trouble for your art before? into trouble yes yeah definitely because um well of course my family knew that i was struggling from uh where i'm from family is really close-knit so everyone is really involved in what you're going through like your grandparents your uncles your aunt your cousins it's a very big circle so yeah everyone kind of knew that i was sick but it's also a thing that it's not openly spoken. So when I sat on the table and said, okay, okay, this is my diagnosis and I please ask you not to judge me, it was difficult. And then a year after I come up with this book and uh, sometimes with some people, I got a response that kind of hurt me because everyone read the book and then they never touched the subject again. Like, okay, let's pretend this didn't happen. So I think that pulled me apart um, from some members of my family. That's so like an issue I've had. Um, so you didn't get the kind of support you would have liked from your family? From, from my mom and uh, my dad, I can't complain, They're, they've been great, but other members of my family that I, I deeply love, but we don't have like a broken relationship, but they did look away, you know, and I I don't blame them, they're older from, uh, from this part of the world where uh, mental health is not openly spoken and their generations and everything but it still kind of hurt. Like I would have liked some some feedback because you get all panicky mm -hmm. or maybe they think I'm a terrible writer, you know, and they don't want to talk about my book. Maybe they think I suck mm -hmm. or 
but I know deep down that it's mainly because they don't know how to talk about the topics I write about. I think that's one thing that like various parts of the world struggle with, like where I'm from, Nigeria. It's really, really hard to talk about stuff like this. Like you can't just go like asking for support from even family members because having a mental health disorder or a mental illness is like is taboo in yes. lots and lots of societies, which makes lots of people cut off from you. And I, that's one thing that I would love, love, love to change it. I would love to see that change in the world. Because yeah. if more people talk about it, if more people feel comfortable talking about it, then people would be able to get the support that they need, right? Yeah, getting the support and maybe not having to wait until you are on the edge of suicide or on a really, really tough point, maybe getting help at the beginning or much earlier. Because some people struggle and they end up getting that support really, really late. And sometimes it might even be too late. Like I have lost an uncle to suicide because he didn't get the support that he needed from his family members. And I think that's one thing that really, really needs to change in society. Sorry, so what's I lost the biggest you challenge you're facing in your art and mental health right now and how are you tackling it? Sorry, can you hear can you hear me now? Um I just said what is the biggest challenge that you're facing in your art and mental health right now and how are you tackling it? Yeah, uh, right now things have changed a lot. Um, my eating disorder recovery and my OCD recovery um, have been great, especially since I moved to Europe. To Europe. Um, so that's not my main problem right now, uh, but what I'm struggling with now is the whole moving thing, decisions I have to make because, well, it's, a, it's very confusing. I mean, I, I made this choice of going to Europe mainly to pursue my dream of being a writer and it worked great. Um, I met so many supportive people and so many people interested in my work and now I came back to Chile to to do some paperwork so I can move definitely. But um, first, the fact that I'm back here brings back a lot of ter terrible memories because here is where I spent the worst days of my life. So I'm like dealing with those flashbacks and the fear that just because I'm here, it's going to come all back. Um, like that scares will just me. Again. Yeah, because I've been away for seven months where my life changed upside down, and then I come here and nothing has changed. Everything is just exactly as I left it. So I fear that it's going to trap me with it. Okay, so what do you what do you think is like how are you tackling that? How do you 
um, how am I coping? Well, I think the fact that I have my mom here, uh, I hadn't seen her in a long time and she's a big support when I'm overwhelmed and she has learned because she also went to therapy to help me um, how to how to help me get a bit more stable again that's one one way of coping and i'm also um, well keeping keeping track of the of my treatment the medications is um, essential and i'm what i've been doing recently is journaling not because of course i write a lot but not in the sense of that it's just for me you know so journaling has been helpful uh to put the thoughts there and clear my mind without having to make the thoughts pretty you know for poetry oh yeah yeah so i think that's one thing lots and lots of people can find very therapeutic because if you find an outlet, like if you find somewhere like journaling to pour out everything that you're thinking about, if you read that in hindsight, it will help you like get a better perspective on what it is that what it is exactly that you're feeling. And I think that's really, really great for people who aren't who don't really have access to therapy and would like to do something to help themselves. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's totally uh, helpful, and it's something that everyone can do. Just pick up a notebook and a pen, and just uh, pour out what you have in your mind, and then it helps you to look at things uh, with a different point of view, or not with that cloud that some sometimes can uh, blind your sight. Describe a real-life situation that has inspired you or a person, a situation or a person, or both, if you prefer. Well, um, in my first book, what inspired me really, uh, terrible as it sounds, was pain. I think I could find... I, I, what I made it my job, I made it my job maybe to take something that I could make beautiful out of the pain I was going through, the sorrow. Sometimes I, I can find uh, inspiration in that, uh, and in, in pain and in, even in death, I could find inspiration. But then, then when I, that, that stage was closed mainly and I moved to Europe, I did find inspiration in a lot of things that I never looked at before. Maybe just colors or music, architecture. I don't know, someone's laugh, someone's laughter. Just looking at everything and seeing how small you are in the world. That also is also very inspiring to me. Like everything around you just makes you see things in a different way and mm -hmm. that gives you the drive you have for your work. It inspires your work. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very sensitive to, to everything practically. So mm -hmm. 
if I if I saw this very nice building or if I um, I don't know walk through a river if there was a really nice wind on my face anything could uh, could trigger me writing some poem. What is the most important lesson you've learned since you you started writing, since you became a poet? Um, I think the most important lesson that I've learned is how how changeable we are. We we change and we evolve all the time, and looking back to my writing from two years ago i see a completely different person and probably it's going to happen to me again in three years time or in 10 years time we are not the same person our whole lives i mean i i think there's an essence that remains but i think it's amazing how we can evolve especially when we want to when we want to be better and we want to get better uh, how much we can change is incredible. And I also learned to be more compassive with myself because I look back and I read all of these uh, poems that I wrote when I was really bad point. And I, I think I would have liked, I would like to hug that girl, you know? So being more compassive with myself and with others. I think there's always, always room for people to grow. There's always room for change mm -hmm. if we allow for that change to happen. Because yeah. when you look back at the kind of person that you uh, you were and the kind of person that you are now, and you see a positive change, I think that gives you the strength you have to move on from what happened in your past. Like You don't forget it, but it gives you the power, the strength to be able to accept it and move on with your life. And it also gives people the opportunity to be more compassionate to the people around that. I really, really love your artwork online. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, looking back, it's like, like you said, it helps you move on. It's, it, it also hurts sometimes having to look back to this book that is going to come out very soon and see like, okay, the person I am right now is not longer the person that wrote this. And it's painful having to go back uh, to read it or uh, share it. But I know it's needed and I know it's worth it. And I can just act like that stage of my life didn't happen. Then I will write more books and uh, I will have brighter sides to show, but I can't pretend that that part of me didn't exist. Yeah. I feel like if there isn't any pain, there isn't any sadness or dark days, we wouldn't be able to appreciate the good ones, right? Because yeah. if you've been happy your entire life, there's no point of not being happy and there's no point of accepting that there will be better days because if it's just been a straight line, there wouldn't be anything to appreciate in a way. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's very accurate to what happened to me. Um, like being being here in uh, I mean at home before I left, uh, I saw everything so dark, and then then once I moved out, I appreciated every little thing so much. Just the fact that I was alive to see it, like I, I was so thankful that I had survived everything that um, that I had survived so I could be there and see what I was seeing and experiencing what I, what I was experiencing. It really made me really grateful. Okay. So let's talk about your book. You've shared it with people, right? You've given you've given it to people to read. What are the yeah. what are some of the memorable responses you've had to your work? Yeah. Okay. So um, here at my home country, not not many memorable ones like I mentioned before. Um, but then I've had really great responses from teachers that I met when I was uh, abroad. They really, really gave me confidence. Like, yeah, this is something special. Uh, this is really something that you could uh, make made your career with. You're really talented and they helped me edit it and perfection it. So those teachers, they, they were English teachers they really uh, really made an impact on me, giving me the confidence because you know, these are people who, who know what they're talking about. In fact, one of these teachers was also a writer. He wrote science fiction, nothing to do with what I, with what I do, but um, he gave me a lot of confidence. And then I think a friend that I met in London and he read my book and he felt uh, he could relate so much and then we i would share like a lot of writings with him and he was always so supportive helping me choose poems to read aloud and just the fact that he was going through a rough time and my book helped him feel understood that meant so much to me and it still still does. I think that was a, a great, great response. I think I think people like that's why I think lot everyone should at least try writing. If not for yourself, but for the fact that someone out there, someone somewhere will find something to relate to in your work because no matter how alone we feel we have to realize that we are not alone in this world and there are people going through the same kind of pain, although very, very different in every single situation. And when we realize that and we start to get the confidence to share our work, even if we don't have the confidence to, when we share our work with the world and we share our voices with the world and how things affect us, as individuals, we find other people who relate to that in the same kind of way. And I think that fosters a bigger circle of compassion and understanding between people, especially teenagers and youth who struggle to find acceptance where they are. Yeah, definitely. 
definitely connecting. It's a very important um, thing, I think, because even I rejected it. I think I was always uh, thinking that I had to be alone, that there was just no point of trying to make friends or whatever, because I just couldn't connect with anyone. But once you start doing it, you realize how needed it is. Uh, and it's really needed if you want to get better, better to connect with uh, other other people. At the end, we are social creatures. So it's very, very essential, I would say. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I would just tell her, hang in there. Don't give, don't give up. Uh, you deserve things that you think you don't. You deserve them. You deserve, you deserve love. You deserve beauty. You deserve adventure. And, uh, you deserve to be taken care of. Just, I would just like to remind her that she deserves a lot, and that that she's, you know, just remind her that she's strong and she could do great things if she hangs in there. I think that's one thing lots and lots of people need to hear at least once in their life because we're so quick to give up when things are hard and we tend to lose sight of the fact that things can get better, things will get better if only we are strong enough to live through the darker times to be able to see the light that comes after it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, I mean, I wouldn't blame people who just want to give up I mean, I've been there, mm -hmm. but sometimes we just don't see anything around us that it's worth it. I mean, I was lucky enough to find a purpose, to have the resources to pack my bags and leave. But I don't. I know not everyone can do that. It's not an easy mm -hmm. thing to do. You need money. You need uh, a lot of resources, and I. I don't know. I think I got lucky too. I don't know how someone else could handle it. If I didn't have that chance, I don't know what I would have done instead. Maybe I would have handled it anyway, but I think I wouldn't blame anyone uh, reacting in any way in their particular situations. Mm -hmm. Because not everyone has the support. Not everyone will be able to get the kind of support that they need at the time yeah. and how people process things are different in every single way. And I think that if everyone is given that opportunity, if everyone is given that support, that things would be better. And it's not entirely the person's fault. It's not the person's fault for feeling the way that they feel because we can't control our feelings. We can't control how things affect us. We can't control how things are going to have an impact in our lives because sometimes we're strong enough to handle some things and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we might need support to be able to get through that thing that we are going through at, the po at that point in time. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes you also need so just to, sorry, um, just to, to hit some rock bottom or, or something because sometimes we don't have like the will to get better and it at some point like randomly it just hits you at least that's what happened to me i was so 
drowned in all of this sorrow. And then one day was like, okay, I don't want it anymore. It was very drastic. Um, maybe that point just comes or you have to look for it. I don't really know. I can only speak for myself. I feel like that's one thing. Like, even if it's hard, I feel like people should find that thing, find that one thing that we'll be able to use as their tiny little flashlight that I would like to call it yeah in the dark tunnel that they would find themselves in at a point in time because if you you can't get support at the moment from around you i think we need to be our own kind of support our own support because if we wait for people to support us if we wait for people to try and understand us when we ourselves are struggling to understand ourselves, I think that would even be more damaging because when we can't find that kind of support, we begin to grasp at anything. We begin mm -hmm. to grasp for things and that kind of leads some people to do things or to experience things that they otherwise wouldn't have experienced. Yeah, it's really important to have a strong relationship with ourselves first. Okay, so let's talk about self-care. How do you practice self-care? Self-care, um, okay, for me, self-care, um, it's first of all, having some sort of daily routine. Uh, sometimes I get lazy and I don't stick to it, but I know how good it is for me having uh, this uh, shower in the morning and then having breakfast and then exercising and then reading having some sort of of schedule helps me a lot and when it comes to something like to enjoy myself i love baths and long, long showers that helps me a lot even when i'm having rough moments like some sort of breakdown or overthinking having a long shower helps me so much because it it connects with all of my fifth senses, especially with touch because it's the warm water on my skin and the noise that the, the water running uh, makes when it hits the tile. Uh, it helps so much with overthinking to me that that's uh, an essential in my life. Uh, what else for self-care? Um, music sometimes just uh putting the music really loud and dancing when you're alone that helps in uh, to boost my mood so much and last thing that sometimes i push aside when i'm feeling down but i know it helps me it's being with someone not being alone because sometimes i need that i feel to be alone to clean my head, but it only ends up uh, taking me a few steps back because I get along with my, I stay alone with my thoughts and just drowning myself more in that. Uh, but as soon as I'm with someone, someone I trust, of course, and I can or talk or distract myself, helps a lot, even if sometimes I deny it. So, next question. Mm -hmm. 
Have you ever tried art therapy in your recovery journey? Have you ever worked like with a proper art therapy? No, mm-hmm. no, not not really. I mm-hmm. think I've tried some besides besides my writing. That uh, apart from being therapeutical, it's it's my job. Um, besides that, sometimes I find it helpful to do things with my hands, like putting pictures together and making photo albums or maybe painting something. Not that I paint pictures, they're just uh, painting something in my house that needs to be painted or that kind of thing. Sometimes I find it helpful, like using my hands in something that takes patience. Uh, I find it uh, useful, but proper art therapy, no, I haven't. Art therapy is basically working with an art therapy is the use of basically the use of art techniques and materials to help you grow as a person and help you tackle some areas, some aspects in your life, like how normal therapy works, but with art. And it gives you a different view on how you would normally address things because then you get to work with colors and like colors and how that affects what that affects how you feel personally and how you make art and generally art therapy lets you make art so you could feel better about yourself so you could let out better understand your your emotions and I'm no professional but this is what I've learned from other professionals Mm -hmm. and I personally think this is a great alternative a great method of therapy that isn't really looked at in society but should be something that people lots and lots of people should try no it's great especially to know that there are more options because I know plenty of Mm -hmm. people that traditional therapy is not their cup of tea. This doesn't help or they don't really feel comfortable with traditional therapy methods. And sometimes they don't know that there are alternatives. I don't know much, I have to be honest. I don't know much about alternatives, Um, but it's really good to keep ourselves informed about that. Because art therapy mostly it works, it helps for people who don't really prefer talk therapy because there are some people who can't really sit down and talk with a therapist, but with art therapy, depending on your therapist, you would be able to do sessions entirely without talking, just a guided a guided session where you're able to explore your your emotions better with a licensed therapist who is there to help you and guide you through that. Yeah. So you talked about making photo albums and drawing and painting and that fits under therapeutic art making. Like I've talked about that on our Instagram page and um, that's basically just you as a person doing something artistic to help you to help you, like, as, like as, as an outlet, like writing or painting, sculpting, singing, anything artistic. Do you think that helps with mental health? Do you think personally has it helped you? 
I do. I mean, for me, at least the poetry thing, the writing works in a different way because it's when it comes to me, it's like very dramatic, like cathartical. I need to write something and it's uh, kind of even violent sometimes the way I write, <laughs> like the way the poem comes to me. But things like um, photography for me, at least, that I like to take pictures and then printing them and having them physical in my hands and arranging them in a photo mm -hmm. album is something that needs me to be concentrated and to have patience. So really eases the, the anxiety because I need to cut the pictures with the scissors slowly and then put the, the glue on it and then arranging them in a way I like. And besides looking at all of nice memories um, and making them look aesthetic, I find it really calming. Also with dec decorating, I like decorating uh, the, the place where I'm staying. Maybe I don't like the color of this particular decoration thing and I paint it and it needs uh, patience to do. So yeah. I find that having to enter that mindset of calm, calmness, um, it's very helpful. Yeah, for me it works. For some people it's even, I've heard, like they like working with plants or gardening because it's also something that requires patience and you have to be gentle uh, it's not my thing mm -hmm. but I, I heard that it, it helps like uh, towards the same uh, purpose mm -hmm. yeah I think there are many many things that people can do people can try to use as an outlet because sometimes like you said gardening gardening helps people like they find peace in watching things grow and caring and nurturing yeah. things. And that in turn makes them want to care for themselves and nurture themselves as a person. Yeah. So at Journal of the Youth, at Jody, I like to call it, we do our best to help amplify and uplift the voices of the youth and help them share their voices with the world through their various artistic media, poems, sculptures, art, art, paintings, drawings. And we do that because everyone has a voice to share, but not everyone has the platform to share it. Do you think that going forward, this would help teens and youth find that voice that they've been so dying to share? Yeah. I do think that um, just being exposed to it uh, and participating and sharing, just knowing that there is a platform that I can, maybe I want, uh, if, if I was like someone else who's struggling, maybe I just don't want to share my experience yet, but just hearing um, stories from other people or uh, seeing how it's openly spoken uh, it can little by little help me to open up and ask for help or feel less alone. So uh, I, in this matter, I think social media uh, can be a wonderful thing. It can also be very <laughs> harmful, uh, but when it's used uh, in this sense, I think it can be very helpful. And this project that uh, you have, uh, it's very needed and I think something great can come out from it. Mm -hmm. 
I think that when people see that there is a safe space, a community where they can freely share their voices, they can freely share what they're going through, it can help them be more open with their feelings because sometimes, sometimes people find it more comforting to get support from a complete stranger than before they get the confidence to actually share what they're feeling with someone they actually know, like someone they have close to them. Because sometimes you're not comfortable opening up to the person that is around you. There's a person that you might think cares for you, like you know that person cares for you, but you're just not comfortable talking to that person that way. Yeah, and if you have that support group of people you know that are supportive, even if you don't know them, but the fact that some, most, some people find comfort in strangers and unfamiliarity, this makes it so, so much easier for people to share their voices. And it makes sense. Share the... Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I interrupted you. I think it, it makes sense no, that right. Go on. people uh, find some comfort in in strangers or in new people. I mean, I've never been the kind of person that makes friends over the internet. And, but I know that to some people, it's it's even more important sometimes that their actual um, friends that they can see in real life. But it happened to me when I moved away that having this chance of meeting complete strangers and it's, it's, it feels like a chance to start over and that they don't have all of these expectations that sometimes your family has because they've known you since you were born and they, they have all of this history and they expect things from you. But when you meet strangers, like you have the chance to be whoever you want to be, to present yourself however you want to present yourself and present a person that you actually like. I like who am I showing to you. You know, someone you can be proud of. So I think that's the advantage of um, going through these things with strangers or at least new people, new people for new stages of your life. I think that's important. Mm. Okay. So back to you. Um, mm-hmm. What's next for you like going forward with your book, with your career, your education? What's next for you? <laughs> yeah, that's a difficult question. I've- Sometimes I'm a bit anxious about my future, but I know a couple of things for sure. Um, Well, this first book that I wrote in 2020 is going to be available on Amazon um, probably in one month from now. So it's going to be available worldwide and that's a big step for me. Um, I'm writing, a new poetry book right now. It's completely different from my first one because what I've lived now is completely different and I'm a completely different person, which is also beautiful in a way. And I I will go back to, to university because I didn't finish my degree. Um, mm-hmm. And I will go back in September. I'll study in Europe and well, for my future, I see myself moving there and just starting a life, a, a hopefully a peaceful life because 
everything that's been going on right now feels crazy. And I just feel like I want some peace, staying in a place that feels like home, um, being able to write and to learn. That's pretty much all I want. That's, that's wonderful. Okay, so promotion. This time you have one minute to tell our readers, our listeners, where they can find you on the internet, share where, with the title of your book, your show, social media handles, where people can generally find you on the internet. Go. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you to everyone who has been listening uh, so far. Uh, thank you so much uh, for supporting us. And you can find me on Instagram at, at wordscomeasy, easy written as I-S-I. And there you can find a lot of poems. And there you are going to find the link to buy my book on Amazon really soon. Every new and every update will be done over there. So just go and check and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is wonderful. Thank you so much, Isadora, for joining us today on this episode. I really, really enjoyed talking to you today, your perspectives on life in general, your perspective on how you've dealt with your mental health issues is just honestly beautiful. And I really, really appreciate that you've taken the time to talk to me today. Thank you so, so much for taking this opportunity. Thank you for for opening this space for me and for more people. And I wish you like the best of luck and success with your project. It's it's really beautiful. And thank you for having me and for listening to me. It's been definitely great. Thank you so, so much for watching. To our listeners, thank you so, so much for listening. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.